If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to John chapter 3. We're going to look there today. You know, without even trying, kids can teach us some of the greatest life lessons. And when you're a kid, you learn some of the greatest life lessons. So I want to share with you a lesson I learned as a child. It revolves around gumballs and a candy bar. See, when I was a kid, I remember I, I, one year I saved enough money to do something I'd never done before at Christmas. Uh, buy my parents a Christmas gift. I saved up a whole dollar for each of them. And so my mom took me to the store and I asked her if she would go to one side of the store while I went to the other side of the shop. But see, there was just really one problem with the, the purchase I was ready to make. I wasn't thinking about my parents at all. I wasn't thinking about what they would like to have. I was really thinking about what I would like to have. So with that dollar each, I bought them a string of gumballs and a candy bar. And see, this was my plan. Uh, see, what I knew was they would open their gifts on Christmas morning and they would thank me and then they would just give me back the candy and the gum. Well, I got home from the store and I put each in a gift box and I wrapped it up and put a bow on top and put them under the tree and Christmas morning we got up and my mom opened her gift first. And just like I thought, she came through like a, a champ. She thanked me, hugged me, kissed me, and then said, here honey, you can have it. And gave it back to me. I was excited. And now it's my dad's turn. But my dad, he's a different creature than my mom. And my dad opened his gift and he thanked me and he handed me the gum, but he put the candy bar in his shirt pocket. And I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe it. My plan was blowing up. And you got to give me a C for courage because I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, can I have your candy bar? And my dad looked at me and he said, You will not. And he pulled the candy bar out of his pocket, peeled the wrapper off like it was a banana peel, and shoved the whole thing in his mouth. I mean, if you've ever watched like gym shoes going around in a dryer, th that was what it looked like with my dad trying to, to chew this candy bar and get his mouth around the whole thing all at once and swallow it. I mean, that's a scene that's burned into my memory. If you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, we're, we're in this Christmas series called Regifted. See, we've all received a gift that, that we didn't like or we, we didn't want or didn't need and, and we thought someone else might like it or want it better and so we regifted it, right? We repackaged it, rewrapped it and gave it to somebody else. See, when I was a kid, I was just trying to get ahead of the game and actually help my parents out. Right? Save them the trouble of regifting the gift, and I just wanted them regifted straight to me. But see, as we look at this Christmas story, we're learning that regifting is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it can be a God thing. Because God gave us certain gifts through Christmas, and we should regift them to others. See, the, the first gift we talked about was, was joy. Right? The angel said to them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. From Luke 2. Great joy, mega joy, right? Whatever else Christmas is, it should be a time of joy. Because it's the joy of knowing that God 
came to earth and became a human like us and was born of a virgin and lived among us and died for us so that we might become like him, so that we might live with him forever. And that joy led to peace. Luke 2.13, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And we talked about the peace of God, how we get peace with God, and we receive peace from God. And how do we share that joy and that peace with other people in our lives? But really, there's one more gift I want us to receive this Christmas because of Christmas. The gift that, that I want us to re-gift and give it to others. Because I think it's the greatest gift of all. It's, it's the reason that God gave us Jesus. The reason that Jesus came to earth. And so this morning, I want us to read the Christmas story through a different set of eyes. And we're actually going to go to a gospel that, that doesn't actually share the Christmas story per se. But it's going to tell us why there even is a Christmas story. See, John was one of Jesus' twelve disciples. He spent three years of his life with him. He saw him die and buried. And then he saw him raised from the dead. And so his Gospel of John is this written testimony of everything he saw and everything he heard over those three years. And he has the distinction of writing probably the most famous verse in Scripture. Right? The verse that if people don't know the Bible, they, they've heard of this verse. And he tells us the why of Christmas. He tells us the one key word that makes Christmas possible, and it's love. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, and whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, everything flows out of three words in that verse. God so loved. The love that God has given us at Christmas is the love that we are to re-gift to others. Love is all about giving to the living. So let's learn today from God how He loves us and how we are to pass that love on to other people. And it all begins because God declared His love for me. You know, before Christmas, as Christmas approached, we all began to make our Christmas lists, right? I mean, before you determine what you're going to give, you, you determine who you're going to give to. See, the good news for all of us is we are on God's Christmas list. Listen again. For God so loved the world. Are you in the world? Then you made it. <laughs> and that means that, that God loves me. And it means that God loves you. And it also means that God loves the people that we have a hard time loving. God loves the people that, that don't love us that could care less about us. God has declared His love for everyone. No one in this world that God does not love. And God never created a person He didn't love. And so if you're in this world, you're on God's love list. 
In fact, that's why God created us, so that he could love us. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how many times you've turned your back on God, or walked away from God, or disobeyed God, or denied God, or forsaken God. God loves you. In fact, God can't help himself. In one of his other books in Scripture, John wrote this in 1 John 4.16. God is love. God doesn't just love us. God is love. The reason we are here now is because God loves you. The reason your heart is beating and your lungs are, are breathing is because God loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He doesn't love you because you're good. In fact, He loves you in spite of the fact that you're not. He doesn't love you because you deserve it. In fact, he loves you in spite of the fact you don't deserve it. He doesn't love you because you love him back. As you're going to see, he, he doesn't even love you because he sent Jesus to die for you. He sent Jesus to die for you because he loves you. And every day as you get up and you feel the sun's warmth on your face, it's God's way of saying he loves you. Or you feel that cool mist on a rain falling and it's way of God telling you He loves you. You enjoy the, the beauty of a full moon and stars on a clear night or sunrise in the morning. It's God's way of saying He loves you. Every day, in so many different ways, if we just stop and we listen, we can hear God whisper, I love you. But talk is cheap, right? I mean, it's one thing to say, I love you. It's another thing to show, I love you. So God showed us in no unmistakable terms that he loves us. And God demonstrates his love for me. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. God backed up his words, I love you, with action. And he gave us his son. Love gives and love is giving to the living. If somebody really loves you, you're not just going to hear it from their lips. You're going to see it in their actions. Again, John expounds on this in, in his book, 1 John. 1 John 4.9 God showed us how much he loved us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God just didn't declare his love for us. He demonstrated his love for us by sending his son. Uh, there was a guy, and he was always telling his girlfriend, baby, I love you. I love you so much, I would die for you. Almost every day he'd say, baby, I don't want you to ever doubt my love for you. I, I would die for you. And finally one day she looked at him and she said, you know, you're always saying that, but you never do it. God just doesn't say that he loves you. He shows that he loves you by giving you the greatest gift ever, his son. And he gave us Jesus not only because he loves us, he gave us Jesus because he is love. And God demonstrated that once and for all that he is love. And that he loves us by sending Jesus. So think about what this means. God's love really has nothing to do with you. 
I mean, other people may love you because what you do for them or, or maybe you're attractive to them or you appeal to them or whatever reason. But God doesn't love you because of you. God loves you because of Him. He loves you because He is love and He's proven it by sending His Son. And so you cannot influence God's love. You can't do something so good, it'll make, you, it'll make God love you more than He does right now. And you can't do something so bad, it'll make God love you less than He does right now. God's love never wears out. It never ends. It never fails. He loves you on the good days and He loves you on your bad days. He doesn't love you today more than He did yesterday. And He doesn't love you today less than He will tomorrow. I mean, Christmas tells us God's love is final. You can't go anywhere that God does not love you. You can't do anything to make God quit loving you. You can't reach the limits of His love because it's unlimited. You can't stop His love. It's unconditional. And it's not just talk, right? We saw it in the manger and we see it on the cross. He sent Jesus because He loved us. The motivation of Christmas is all about love. God, God didn't send Jesus because of what you could give Him. He sent Jesus because of what He could give you. But there's one more thing. God delivered His love to me. God did not just give His Son to the world. He did more than just lay the Son at the world's footsteps. He wanted that Son to be delivered into your heart and into your life. Listen to that. Whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus didn't just come so we could have a great Christmas story. He came so that we might have eternal life. And, and did you notice? It doesn't say may have or, or might have or, or even will have. It just says have eternal life. And in a few days, you're going to gather with family Get around the, the Christmas tree and you're going to exchange Christmas presents. You're, you're not going to wake up and go down to the tree and sit down and look at your family and go, now, now your gift will be here in about 10 years. In just 20 short years, your present's going to arrive. Just, just be patient. No, we all know that you get your gift on Christmas Day. You get it immediately. You get it then. See, some people think you have to wait until you die to know whether or not you're going to be with God. You have to wait till you die to find out whether or not you get eternal life. But John says, when you believe, you receive. The, God, the love that God has demonstrated to you, He's declared to you, He immediately delivers to you the moment you believe. Listen to 1 John 5, 13. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Eternal life doesn't begin when you die. It begins when you believe. And for each one of us sitting here today who have believed in God, who have received this gift of eternal life, you understand that just like God doesn't want to keep His love to Himself, we can't keep that love to ourselves. It is our job to pass that love on to others who are willing to believe and receive.
The easiest way to share the gift that Jesus spoke about in John 3.16 is to invite a family member or a friend to come to church with you. I mean, honestly, an invitation from you may be the most important and lasting Christmas gift you ever give this year. There was a a couple. They were very well off. He was a successful businessman. And they had quite a bit of money, but they lived quite frugally. And the man did buy the one thing he always wanted. A Porsche 911 convertible. And he treated it like his baby. He kept it washed and polished and looking brand new. Didn't let anyone drive it but himself. And one day his wife very nervously asked if she could take the car out and He agreed, but he begged her. He said, please, be very careful. Well, she backed out of the driveway, let the top down, and soon driving along with the wind in her hair, enjoying the day, just cruising along when all of a sudden a a little boy on a bicycle veered into her path. She swerved to miss him and ran right into the side of a parked pickup truck. The airbag exploded. The front of the car was crumpled. Glass was flying everywhere. A man came running up to her and said, Ma'am, are you okay? And he helped her out of the car and and over to the side of the road. She said, I'm fine. I just need to gather my thoughts. But her only thoughts were, I'm a dead woman. When Jim finds out what I've done to his car, he's he's just going to kill me. He's going to be so mad. Well, the police arrived and, and the the cop asked her for, her for her paperwork. And she was walking over to get it, and all she could think about was how excited her husband was going to be. He was so excited when he bought this car. He wanted one ever since the day they got married. I mean, this was a rare treasure. He spent many Saturdays fixing it and washing it and waxing it, and he knew every bolt and every spot of chrome. And she knew he was a good husband, but she dreaded telling him. She knew the hurt and the anguish that would be on his face. Well, she reached into the car and she got her purse and pulled out her license and gave it to the police officer. And she reached into the glove compartment to get all the insurance papers. And they were in this little package. And when she opened the package, to her surprise, there was a white envelope with her name on it. And she opened the letter and it said this, Dear Beth, If you're reading this, you've probably been in an accident and wrecked the car. Don't worry. My only concern is that you are all right. Because remember, it's you that I love. See, Christmas is God's declaration, His demonstration, His deliverance of a reminder that regardless of how you may have wrecked your life, it's you that He loves. And that love that God has given to us, if we have believed in it, if we have received it, if we have accepted that gift of eternal life from Him, we have to re-gift that to other people. Because love is giving to the living. This morning, as we come to invitation time, my question really is simple. Have you received that love? That love that only comes through Jesus Christ, that love that only comes through believing in Him and receiving Him? Or do you need to receive that this morning? 
If you need to accept His love, accept the salvation that comes through Him, I invite you to come.